Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Oxcast, your guide to the best events happening in and around Oxford. Today it's the 29th of March 2017 and although there's a distinctly literary flavour to some of our items, we'll be having a theatre and cinema round up. But to begin, um, it's Katie telling us how to weekend. (laughs) So, to kick off the weekend, uh, why not upgrade your software? with the Oxford Computer Fair at the Oxford Academy on Sandy Lane. Um, So this is a chance to get some of the best tech at a lower price. Um, And this is a chance to talk to some experts um, who have years of experience and get some free advice for all your technical questions and queries um, while checking out some new toys and gadgets. Uh, This is um, starting at 10 a.m. until 3 p.m. And, yeah, go along and get some good hardware. Next up is the Yoga Tea Party, happening at the South Oxford Community Centre uh, on Lake Street off Abingdon Road on Saturday. So this is a free 45-minute forest yoga taster class, followed by tea and cake and chat. Um, It's, as I said, it's free, but donations are very much encouraged as it's in aid of free yoga classes for low or no income South Oxford parents at the Grand Point Children's Centre. Um, So they're aiming to raise about £200 to cover the cost of, um, to cover room costs. Um, This is being run by Hinny Woss, who is a former DI team member and now a forest yoga instructor, um, who also offers regular evening classes, lunchtime office escape classes, which are about half an hour long, and just right to stretch out after a long day, after... Well, in the middle of a long day. In the middle of a long day (laughs) at the computer. And also yoga, um, especially for violinists, as well as private lessons. Um, Forest yoga aims to counteract the discomforts of modern day life, such as the aches and ailments caused by extended sitting and hunching over computers, devices and steering wheels. So it's the perfect exercise to get rid of all your aches and pains. And finally, to round off the weekend, don't forget to tune in to the boat races happening this Sunday. Um, The ladies will, of course, go first at 4.35, while the men will begin at 5.35. Last year, Oxford's women smashed it, while the men's team suffered a disappointing defeat. Bookmaker William Hill has predicted that Cambridge, who are the heavier team, will win, but the proof will be in the pudding. They may sink if they're yeah. too heavy. Yeah, let's hope they eat all the pies pre-race. Mm. Um, yeah, so we could do with catching up with Cambridge. Cambridge's record. I'm not record. hoping they'll sink. If they do sink, I hope they'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> they should have thought about it, really. Mm. Yeah. But we're going to be in a boat. I think we're, I think we're on to a winner there. Mm. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, find your local and hopefully it'll be on and you can enjoy the race from a comfy seat. Or from the banks of the Thames. So, the Oxford Literary Festival is still very much in full swing, and I caught up with Clover Stroud to talk about her recently published memoir, The Wild Other, which she is going to be talking about at a talk on Thursday, so tomorrow at 12 noon at Corpus Christi. But in the meantime, here's a little taster of Clover talking about her book, so the book is um, about a, well, the sort of centre of it is my mother who had a very bad accident when I was 16, which um, it was 
a riding accident and I grew up in the country but um, with horses and I've had a very, very happy, very loving childhood. But then mum, um, I was in the first term of my A-levels and mum dropped me at school and she went riding and she fell on her head and she took the full blow of the, of the um, fall on her head. And she was left profoundly brain damaged but, but she did live but she couldn't care for herself at all, she couldn't walk or talk. So the, and she couldn't, um, crucially she couldn't communicate in any way whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And that, I was 16 at the time, and that sort of, in it, my fam- I'm the youngest of five, and that sent me out on a series of, you might call them rites of passage, or fairly strange adventures, I suppose. I think as a reaction to what had happened, because it was very, very extreme, and it was very traumatic, because mum was left in this very disabled state, but, um, but very much, you know, she was... She, she wasn't able to look after herself in any way at all, and so, she, but she was still alive, so I couldn't grieve for her. Um, and I, I sort of went on a bit of a journey of discovery, I suppose you might say. I used, because I grew up with horses, I went off and I had various adventures around horses. And I, for example, went to live, when I was 18, I went to live in Ireland and lived with gypsies buying and selling horses. Mm-hmm. And then I came back and I was at, at university in Oxford where, where I, um, I mean, I absolutely love Oxford and feel very closely bound to it because of that. But then after that, I went to America because I had this idea that I wanted to find out if cowboys were actually real. And I went and worked on a ranch and rode bucking horses and learned how to rope and brand and had a very kind of wild time, I guess, mm-hmm. with the cowboys. And so my life was becoming... I think I was pushing myself to further and further extremes. So the book is about this journey, and I ended up in Russia um, with a, I had a boyfriend who lived in the Caucasus Mountains near Chechnya, and that's when I realised that my kind of appetite for adventure was fairly extreme, and I was surrounded by guys with Kalashnikovs and guns and knives, and that seemed fairly sort of normal. Yeah. So th- I think this reflected my inner turmoil, basically. If you want to hear more of my interview with Clover Stroud, you can listen to the Oxcast Extra, where she'll talk about memoir writing and the pros and cons of the memoir as a genre, and also living with someone who has had severe brain damage. Make sure to book your tickets for Clover Stroud's talk at Corpus Christi tomorrow at 12 noon. On to music now, and as we make our way to truck store in our minds, um, <laughs> there's still a literary uh, flavour to proceedings. They provide us with records, they provide us with lovely coffee, um, and wonderful in-store gigs, and from now on they're starting to do some book readings as well. Um, tomorrow, Thursday the 30th of March at 7 o'clock, um, Rianne E. Jones um, will be stopping by truck to talk about Triptych, Three Studies on the Manic Street Preacher's The Holy Bible. So it's the Manic's third album from 1994, kind of acknowledged by the the superfan as being their best. And, you know, the Manic's caved in and toured it in its entirety in 2014. Mm. And much like the famous Jenny Savile painting which adorns the album's cover, uh, this book looks at the album from three separate angles. So you have Larissa Wodka, um, who's a researcher at the University of Winnipeg in Canada, who's analysing the album's links with philosophical ideas of memory and archiving. Daniel Lukes, who's um, part of the uh, Department of Comparative Literature at Indiana University, who looks at the album's literary and artistic sources. 
and Rianne Jones, who you might know from um, the New Left Project, and is the author of Clampdown, Pop Cultural Wars on Class and Gender, is looking at the record in terms of its political context, um, and the like, Welsh landscape of the 1990s in which she also grew up. Um, so she was, as she says, a short enough trek from the Mannix hometown of Blackwood, and was pretty much the only Mannix fan she knew. And as she writes, We were told the battles of the 80s had been won, but we were conscious that we'd been on the losing side. In the 90s, the listless, frustrated boredom of adolescence just kept dragging on, and in 1994, my teenage world was turning with excruciating slowness. (laughs) I wanted something stripped down and sped up, songs that had the sharpness of neat spirits, something to blow away the dust I dreaded settling upon my brain and body. Wow, that's... That's so beautiful. It is beautiful. It's personal, it's it's political, it's socially where she and the band kind of grew up and it's, it's a cool angle on things. Mm. So yeah, I like that the trucker trying something new. And tomorrow's reading is also signing and a bit of a Q&A where you can hear from Rianne. Um, it's at 7pm, it's free. Wow. So just pop in. Another musical event happening tomorrow um, is at the old fire station. Um, Johnny and the Baptists are on their Eat the Poor <laughs> tour. And this partway between theatre and gig um, is a narrative about friendship, inequality and betrayal from the award-nominated musical comedians. Um, so the story is as follows. Johnny and the Baptists' lives turn upside down when Johnny betrays Paddy for financial gain. As Johnny enjoys the high life with Andrew Lloyd Webber and Jerry Hall, <laughs> Paddy falls into homelessness and despair. Um, exactly. Um, so with a third of the country below the poverty line, um, Johnny and the Baptists think it's it's worth talking about, um, even if you're laughing about it at the same time. Eat the Poor is happening at the old fire station tomorrow night, Thursday the 30th, and tickets are £12 or £10 concessions. Then lastly, on Saturday night, uh, the Oxford Deaf and Hard of Hearing Centre, a third part of the Making a Scene uh, series of gigs is happening. Making a Scene Volume 3 is uh, a gig series um, co-run by the Cat Weasel Club and Tigmus. Um, is it a similar layout to Cat Weasel? Ah, well, this is kind of what I like. I, I think they take a bit of the spirit of uh, Cat Weasel and structure it a bit more like so far. So pre-announced acts, defined sets, um, and you may not hear someone's experimental poetry that they wrote yesterday, but with that as a negative, you have these as positives. Um, <laughs> um, if Oxfordshire folk star Megan Henwood, Art Thief, who are the band of Matt Sage, who runs Cat Weasel. You also have Richard Neuberg, uh, the main man of Via Rosa, um, Tigmas artist Rosie Caldicott, Alan Buckley and Count Drachma, mm. who we were just trying to work out this morning how many uh, Stornoway members does it take to change uh, no, how many um, Stornoway members are actually involved and that's, that's Ollie Steadman of Stornoway's band who do amazing Zulu folk songs and expand thereon. Yep, it's a great lineup of six acts at the Deaf and Hard of Hearing Centre. Um, it's at 7.30 on Saturday evening and tickets are £8, they're still on sale. So go to that. From the 3rd to the 7th of April at the Old Fire Station, there's an informal and open access fringe festival called Marmalade happening. This is a festival which is focused on social enterprise and social justice. It's 
it's not a conference. It's an anti-conference. So there won't be a stuffy atmosphere and you can come in and embrace the mess and embrace the fact that there'll be lots of different minds in one room where everyone is focused on the details of what we could do in the world to change it for the better. So there'll be um, seminars on mental health in the community, ending homelessness with buildings, art and power, losing control, exploring the practical realities of building a social movement fit for change. Um, so you can book online for any of these seminars at marmalade.io and you can also see who else is attending and if there are any places left. So it's a pay what you like, um, pay what you can afford festival and it's, like I said, it's at the old fire station from the 3rd to the 7th of April. Do you like marmalade? I don't like marmalade. I, well, I'm I, I'm, I'm, Renai's speaking about the thing that one puts on toast or yeah, something. Not the thing... I, I like the sound of this event, yeah. <laughs> but the I find the food stuff rather bitter, okay. especially if it's got peel in. I like it when it doesn't have peel in. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, we can still we can still talk. Yeah, I, just I like, like the, the idea that this festival's like it's not jam. It's not just sickly sweetly <laughs> coating everything in jam. It's marmalade. It's got a bit of substance to it. It may have tang. Bit of tang. Bit bitter. <laughs> Might be some like healthy debates and easily spreadable over. No, I, I, over I can't. I can't. I can't do. <laughs> I can't spread the metaphor any more than <laughs> to excuse the pun. Next up, I've got the theatre roundup. First of all, I'm going to talk about Flat Seventy Three. So this is a production which has been to Oxford a few times. It's um. It's a one-hour play with music about loneliness and the Samaritans, and it's made by the theatre company Human Story Theatre. So Human Story Theatre aim to make plays that they produce through research and dialogue with the communities in which they're performing. Um, And they also operate a pay-what-you-can policy where possible. Um, But the suggested price is £2 for this. So Flat 73 will be on on Saturday the 1st of April at 3 o'clock and 7.30 at the East Oxford Community Centre, so at Fusion Arts at the East Oxford Community Centre. And this particular play is um, follows the lives of some people who are lonely and isolated, looking at loneliness, I suppose. And there's a post-show Q&A with an expert from the Samaritans and other organisations who offer support to lonely and isolated people. So it's a way of learning about the issues which people in your own community face. Um, next up, it's this is a big theatre event. Um, the Oxford Playhouse always works with young people, uh, works with young people all year round. But the Young Players Festival is a week long celebration of young people's creativity, and it started on Monday at the Oxford Playhouse. So tonight there is the Oxford Playhouse Little More Youth Ambition Company who will be performing a play exploring tensions experienced by young people who feel trapped within their social and geographical environment. Um, And that's at 6.30 in the top room at the Playhouse. And then tomorrow, so that's Thursday the 30th, from 6.30 again in the top room at the Oxford Playhouse, there'll be rehearsed readings of extracts from plays written by the members of Oxford Playhouse Young Playmakers. So um, some of the writers have selected 10-minute extracts from their plays, um, which have been written in response to the theme of time and space. And um, 
a selection of the ones from the play uh, from the rehearsed readings tomorrow night will go on to have full length performances at the Burton Taylor in July. So it's a chance to catch them now while they're hot off the press and whet your appetite for July. And then finally, the finale of the Young Players Festival is the big performance of Jane Eyre, which is happening at the Playhouse on Friday the 31st and Saturday the 1st. Um, And it's Friday at 8pm and Saturday at 2.30 and 7.30. Tickets are £15, but there are discounts available, and it's a great way of supporting young people who are doing theatre. Um, and this is a vibrant and physical production of the classic that we all know and love. And then finally, a production called Letters to Myself, which you can actually get involved in. So Letters to Myself is a small-scale theatre show um, that's currently on tour that looks at the advice that we would give to our past, present or future selves. Um, And people can write a letter to themselves at any point in their lives, um, and and then I'm not sure exactly how it works, but within the play, they read the they read the letters that people have written to themselves. And you can look on the website, which is letterstomyself.org.uk, and there are some they've uploaded some of the letters that people have already written. And it's um it's really interesting. People have obviously entered into a very contemplative mood just in the act of writing this letter to themselves. So some interesting stuff comes out. And that's coming to the Burton Taylor on Tuesday, the 4th of April. So that's Tuesday next week at half past seven and it's £10. Um, and if you want to join in, then you can upload your letter to the website letterstomyself.org.uk and it might be involved in the show. Finally, a little slice of cinema, no? And in a cinematic week where classic Japanese manga Ghost in the Shell has its iconic replicant played by the secretly blonde Scarlett Johansson, um, the UPP has an especially refreshing programme of films this week in terms of the diversity of cast and filmmakers, uh, as well as things you might have heard of, like Barry Jenkins's Moonlight and Gorinda Chatter's Viceroy's House. We have what I believe are the first screenings in Oxford of a film called The Fits from this Saturday, which is one of those rites of passage adolescent dramas that uh, situates you right in the mind and field of activity of its lead character. In this case, it's Tony, the, the rather tiny heroine of the film, played by the wonderfully named Royalty Hightower. That's got to be a good start in life if you're that called is a great name. Royalty Hightower. I believe she'll grow into it. Um, and takes place almost entirely inside the Lincoln Community Centre in Cincinnati where she attends boxing practice with her brother and suddenly her interests are uh, torn between sticking to boxing or joining a dance crew which is happening next door. It's the Um, classic dichotomy, isn't it? It happens in all the best films. I've, in fact, never been to a film or been in that situation myself um, where I have to choose between boxing and... Oh, yeah. But in that one, dance wins. In this one, who knows? Is that a Billy Elliot spoiler? (laughs) He ends up dancing. (laughs) But other tensions arise in the story. And it's another study of kind of outbreaks of hysteria in kind of enclosed environments. A little bit reminiscent of The Falling by Carol Morley. Which is a fantastic film. Which is a fantastic film. So everyone afflicted by it has unique and uniquely choreographed fits. And it sounds like it's been, it was a really nicely collaborative work from first-time director Anna Rose Holmer, um, who's 
been getting a lot of recognition and nominations for um, for this film. She looked around for a, a particular dance crew for a while that she could work with, and found one. Yeah, well, yeah, she found <laughs> found all the actors she needed. They had like choreo- choreographers work with them individually on their on their fits and what they would mm. how they would manifest. Workshop the dialogue with the with the cast so it ended up a bit more natural than it would have otherwise. Um, yeah, I really like the like the sound of it, and as no less an authority than Vogue magazine said um, in a question to to Homer, this is not a horror movie, but um, it's somewhere between YA drama mystery and <clears throat> apparently slightly Hitchcock esque horror. Um, anyway, uh, go watch that. It's on at the UBP this Saturday the first and next Tuesday the fourth of April. There are also other screenings, including this Sunday um, X and Y. Um, which is showing as part of World Autism Awareness Day. Um, it's a free screening of the movie starring Asa Butterfield, which follows a teenager on the autism spectrum who competes in the, at the International Mathematical Olympiad. And it's the kind of story you think, ah, oh, yeah, I know how it goes. And then it just nicely surprises you. Ooh. It's just, it, it really won me over when I, when I uh, saw it. And, yep, it's a, it's a free, relaxed screening for um, those on the spectrum or just everyone who wants to be a part of it this Sunday at 5.30 at the Ultimate Picture Palace. You can find us on social media. We are at Daily Info on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Find our full listings of all the events happening in town at dailyinfo.co.uk slash events. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to get it directly to your listening device every Wednesday.